Welcome to the Intimate Inspirations Podcast. I am Michelle Blumentritt, and I cannot wait to share with women, no matter what your phase of life, a longtime passion of mine to help you find your beautiful. Hi, friends. Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you here with me today as I unpack my story of my double mastectomy. I'm actually going to be covering a multitude of topics today on this episode, like how to find and look for the lumps that you might have in your breasts and do self-exams, and even all the way to the decision to have the mastectomy, and how to find joy and even celebrate in the midst of trauma and illness, and how going through illness can affect intimacy and closeness with your spouse in both positive and negative ways, of course, as you go through all of the emotions and all the things. So I'm super excited. This is one that is a story that's obviously close to my heart, and I hope that each of you will be able to gain something today that you are able to take away. My story may be about breast cancer, but Each person who's been through or even going through a sickness, whether it's something short term or even a chronic pain or chronic illness, has a different story. Um, But hopefully this will still be an encouragement for everyone that is either going through it or has been through it or may have to go through it or knows someone who is going to be going through it as well. This, of course, again, is my story, and I don't claim to understand all the things um, that I haven't experienced or gone through, but hopefully we will be able to discuss some things regardless that will resonate and be relevant for everyone that is needing to hear this today. So January of 2020, I had just started to work out again after having taken actually a couple of years off. I had mentioned in previous podcasts that I am very much of a um, not a gym goer. I prefer classes or working with a personal trainer. So finding the right time and the right place and the right fit for me as far as a workout was always a challenge for me. So it had been a couple of years and I finally decided at the very beginning of January of 2020 that I was going to start back at the gym. And I started doing regular workouts at a, like a fit body boot camp near my house. Again, it worked out really well because it was five minutes from my house. I woke up early. I went to the early classes. I was able to get home, get ready, go to work and still have my day not too much interrupted by that. So I was doing that usually two or three days a week. And literally within, I would say, a couple of weeks of doing that, I was kind of, you know, how you get sore and my, like my pectoral muscles were feeling pretty sore, which was normal because I was doing, you know, arm, upper body and 
all that just probably the week before. And I was feeling kind of in where my pectoral muscles were. And in doing that, I noticed that I had a lump in my left breast that wasn't huge, but it was big enough for me to recognize it. And mind you, I had also had a lump in that same breast about 11 years prior when my youngest daughter was still a baby. And so I kind of was a a little bit familiar as to what that felt like. And because that was the same type of story. I was just feeling I wasn't even doing a self-exam, although I have done them, you know, more regularly since um, that had happened. But back then I was just kind of I don't even remember. I don't know if I, again, if I was sore and I happened to notice. And when I went in um, 11 years prior for that, they had done a biopsy and they had determined that it was just simply that I had dense breast tissue and it wasn't anything to be concerned about. However, at that time, I had still opted to remove the lump, have them remove the lump because it just, it didn't need to be there. It was a foreign object in my body. I talked to the surgeon at the time and she said many women choose that route even though it was benign. And so I did. And I had a lumpectomy back then and they had removed it and tested it of course again and it was all still fine. So fast forward to where I had left off before. I was it was January of 2020. I'm now finding another lump in the same breast. Um, hadn't had any issues with mammograms or with anything prior um, in the last 10, 11 years since my previous lump. I was doing regular mammograms, however, and I also was constantly checking anything I'd feel or anything weird. I was pretty sensitive to those things after that, obviously. But I did go in, um, I think like mid to end of January, and I met with my gynecologist and she felt the lump and suggested that I go in and get a mammogram, even though it had only been about eight months or so since my last one. And usually they wait a year, but she had given an order for me to go ahead, a referral to go get one. And I went in and they did a mammogram and were still kind of unsure they could see it, but they obviously wanted to biopsy it. And I actually want to just pause on that for a second and talk about the process of the biopsy. I I had said I had a biopsy 10, 11 years prior, and I rarely remember, there was not a whole lot I remember about that biopsy at the time, but for whatever reason, this biopsy was different, and it had nothing to do with the fact that I ended up, it ended up coming back as cancerous. It just happened to be a different, maybe location, And I just feel like it's really important sometimes to talk on this because I have talked to many women who have gone in and done biopsies and they've experienced similar things, but 
I was never told this stuff and they were never told by doctors and I, and I get there's, I don't blame the, you know, the doctors for not sharing every little detail about things, which is why I feel like in sharing my story today, it will hopefully give some insight to all of the pieces that go into some of these procedures and what things feel like and look like and things that doctors probably don't even think about because they do these daily and probably multiple times a day. So anyway, I I just always like to tell people, for one, when you go to these appointments, if you do end up having some sort of an abnormal lump or an abnormal anything, and you need to go in for further testing, whether it be ultrasounds or biopsies or surgeries or anything, I always tell people, take someone with you. And not every time do you need to have someone there, but there are times when I went to appointments, sometimes I would go and it was no big deal and totally fine. Other times I would go and I was alone and I really had wished that I had brought Dalen with me or even a really close friend that just could pass the time. It's not so much that you're hearing bad news or I I never, it was never because those were the times when I was hearing what was going on. It was really just being there and the waiting and your mind plays all these head games with you because you're waiting and you're thinking and you're wondering and you're looking around wondering who else is there that might have the same or similar issues or they're just coming in for a regular mammogram and wish I was just coming in for a regular mammogram. So I always tell people, take someone with you and then just don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions because I think we are our own advocates when it comes to our health and doctors and our appointments. We have a absolutely have a right to ask questions and know and find things out. So don't be afraid to ask questions. No question is a dumb question other than the one that never got asked. I truly believe that. So be your own advocate for sure. And then know that if you do have to get a biopsy, for, for some reason, this biopsy for me in particular ended up being pretty painful and it bled a lot, which was really unexpected. Again, since I had had one previously and that was not the case, I didn't remember anything about the one previously. So obviously it wasn't bad, but this for some reason just, it was bleeding. I had the nurse who was doing it was putting, you know, having me hold pressure on it with a gauze pad to try to stop the bleeding for several minutes. And it just was throbbing. And I don't say this to scare people if this is something you eventually have to go through, or if you know you're going to be going through it, I certainly don't want to scare you. But I feel like it's really important to educate people as to what to expect. This may not happen. I've had both experiences where my first one was totally fine and I really didn't hardly feel it to where this one was just a totally different experience. And there really was no reasoning behind it. There, it, Again, it wasn't because it ended up being cancerous that it was painful or that it bled more than normal. It, it 
just happen to be that way. And then after they do that and probe around in there for several minutes and I was bleeding and no, again, it's throbbing. They then put you back under the mammogram and give you another mammogram where they squeeze and squish and push. And that was awesome. So I, again, I I tell people it was kind of funny when I went in there to get the mammogram, I said, what is the reason that you do this right after? And she laughed and said, well, I know probably what you're thinking is for torture, but that isn't the reason at all. It's because we put a little magnetic, like a black little chip in there to note where the lump is at, basically the location. And that way they can see it for future um, to know where it was and where it, if it's grown or moved. or And so that's why they go back in and do another mammogram to take images and see that the chip was placed correctly and that it took. So unlike what you feel like at the time, which is they're doing this strictly to torture me because that's what it feels like. It is definitely not. There is a purpose behind it. So I, like I said, I like to just talk about these things because again, this is why I'm doing this podcast, right? It's to talk about some things that I feel like I've experienced or been through that maybe other women will go through or have been through or may know somebody that's close to them that's going through it and will be able to relate and understand and empathize and give them insight as well. That is my goal. That is my hope. So I got done and initially when I did this biopsy, they had said, we'll know. We'll know as soon as we're done. Um, We'll probably be about 15, 20 minutes that you'll wait in the office and then we'll come in and let you know the results. However, they came in. And they said, unfortunately, we really still cannot tell. It turned out to be okay as far as the ultrasound and the biopsy went. But looking further, the people who were analyzing the the mass felt like it was an odd shape, which I had no idea what that meant. I, I didn't understand that, but... I was thankful that they were being thorough. I was grateful that they noticed that it was some sort of a different shape, that perhaps that was a red flag to them because obviously it turned out that their hunch was correct. But I did not find this out uh, for several months because in all of this, after the biopsy, they were going to, they sent, um, they basically said, we need to set up a lumpectomy. We're going to to remove the lump, we're going to test it and do another further biopsies on it. And then we will let you know. And I scheduled my surgery. I can't remember now when I scheduled the surgery, but I had it scheduled. And of course, if you remember, this was January 2020, I as I was saying. So what happened right after that was COVID. So my surgery was canceled because of COVID. And I was now just in a holding pattern, just waiting for all of this to kind of pass. As we know, surgeries were that were elective surgeries, which they considered this to be elective. I guess that's what it was, but it didn't really feel like it since they were, the lump was in question as to whether or not it was cancer. But I understand that at the time, there were a lot of surgeries and several of them were canceled that weren't just elective surgeries. There were 
multiple surgeries for people who were really even needing them um, that had been canceled because they just weren't doing them during that time, as we all know. So I basically waited and finally on, I think around the beginning of May, I got a phone call saying that they finally had started allowing certain surgeries and I was one of them that they were going to want to get on the schedule. And so I did. And of course I had to kind of think through, well, now we're going into summer and I go away at the end of May and we do a staycation and I didn't want to do it that weekend. And so how about we do it right when I get back? And so I think towards the very end of May is when I ended up doing the lumpectomy. And really all this was, I mean, the breast surgeon that I had had at the time was basically like, we're just going in to double check and make sure again, because they felt like the size was a little off and they wanted to just do their due diligence. And so that was the end of May. And then the first part of June, I got a phone call from the breast surgeon letting me know that it was in fact cancerous. And she explained to me what type of cancer and that it was called DCIS, which DCIS never requires any type of chemo and that that is not an option of treatment because it is not needed and it was non-invasive non-aggressive stage zero all good things right I mean as far as cancer goes I would say that's probably a good kind of cancer if you have to have it that would probably be the one to have and I begin the process then at that point of what is the decision that I'm going to make because basically what they had said they wanted to do at that point was because they removed the lump but they didn't realize at the time when they removed it that it was cancerous they did not get all of the margins which is very normal they don't a lot of times because they don't assume that it's cancer so now there's a certain amount there's like I don't know whether it's two, three millimeters all around the area of the lump that they want to clear to be sure that they get all of the margins and all of the cancer that could have been in there in that area. So I was going to be scheduled. What they wanted was to schedule me to go back in and have another lumpectomy to remove the margins. And then I would be doing six months radiation treatment on that breast and then I would also be doing a hormone blocker um, pill that I'd be taking for the next five years and they did explain all of the symptoms and the side effects and that pretty much taking that hormone blocker would put me immediately into menopause right away which of course was a little scary and not probably the best scenario for me I was I think let's see 44 at the time maybe so not really an ideal situation but I was well educated as far as what everything would look like they also basically left it up to me I was the one who brought up the double mastectomy because when I had I mean, for years, no matter, I I really never thought much about breast cancer, but I think just anytime people would talk about it, I would always say, okay, if, if that ever happened to me, if I ever got diagnosed with breast cancer, I would just have a mastectomy and have them taken off because I 
wouldn't want to be the person that was living wondering if it was ever going to come back. And so I just knew and I would I always said that. Now, that being said, it was a little different when you're actually then diagnosed with breast cancer and you're faced with that decision, especially in my case because it was such a good quote unquote type of cancer where it really was something that was very treatable. I did not need to go through chemo, but there was so many other factors for me that played into it that first of all, it was the same breast and this would be the third lumpectomy, the third surgery on that breast where they were going back in. And I, I honestly, how many times more in my lifetime, I'm 44 or 45 at the time. So how many more times in the next 10, 15 years would this type of a thing happen where I'd then have to have them go back in and remove and remove. And if you knew me, you knew I had not very much or anything at all for them to take from. I was not well endowed and um, in fact completely the opposite so I joked about that all the time I was very open about it it didn't of course bother me for the most part but I was very small and so I just kept thinking is it going to just completely disfigure me anyway where that breast is going to be completely disformed and I just It just was something that factored into my decision to, okay, think through that piece of it, then think through five years of a hormone blocker going into menopause, what that was going to look like for my husband and I and my family, taking medications like that, that I really wasn't thrilled about doing anyways. And radiation, um, I know was painful and I had been through small doses of radiation for just skin cancer on my my nose at one point but it was just a lot to kind of take in and I obviously was taking in all the factors and at the same time and I mentioned this before in my other episode where I was kind of talking about myself um, and my story is that my mom also had been diagnosed with breast cancer almost at the exact same time so my mom actually had dementia for 10 or 11 years and she would often take on other people's stories kind of as her own, like vacations that someone took. She would hear it and then she'd be like, oh yeah, I went to the Bahamas because she had been hearing me talk about the Bahamas several times. So in her kind of, her brain, the way it worked, she was remembering bits and pieces of vacations and places she's been and then, but it turned into like, the Bahamas because that's what she'd been hearing about. That's what was most relevant in her mind as a story that she'd been hearing. So when I got diagnosed, she did not know. I did not tell her that I was diagnosed right away. I had just been telling her that I they found a lump, they were going through testing, and then of course COVID happened and I didn't really have all the answers or know what was going on. But she had kept saying that whole time from the time I found mine up until May, she was saying, I have a lump too. And, you know, I, it's, and I would be like, oh yeah, of course, of course you do. Well, she did come to find out and her caregiver actually found, you know, started kind of feeling to see, and she did have like a golf ball size lump 
that she ended up getting biopsied and it was cancerous and hers was stage two and it was invasive. They did end up doing, they wanted to do chemo for a year and we just, with her dementia, we just thought that was not a good idea. She would not have any idea what, why she was sick every day and every morning. So we opted to simply just get the radiation, have the lumpectomy and have it removed, which is what she did. Um, and hers, she did pretty much maybe around the same time that I did mine a little before. She still didn't know at this time about my diagnosis. And when I finally was diagnosed in June, I kind of waited to tell my parents. I just, they were dealing with her and all of that. And I did not want to pour more on top of them when I wasn't sure of what my decision was going to be. And so I think it was probably August when I finally did share with both my parents and let them know my story and what was going on and what I had actually decided or at least what I was leaning towards doing with that. And so going back a little bit to um, where I was at here in the decision process and trying to kind of walk through how that would look in my, you know, my marriage, what that would be like. I, I talk about intimacy all the time with you know, on my podcast, and that is something that's a passion of mine. So clearly, something like this would affect that piece of my marriage. It might affect other things, and of course, my self-image. And it was just a lot to process, obviously, and a lot to walk through as to making that decision. But the double mastectomy, when I went into the oncologist and kind of weighed out and he listed all of the things and both sides of what each of the procedures or each of the treatments would be, he said, kind of sounds like you've made up your mind as far as a double mastectomy, which is I, I support 100%. You know, here's the pros and cons. Here's where you're at and the symptoms that, you know, or the, the treatment that it would be for having all of the the lump removed again and going on a hormone versus having a double mastectomy which would mean 99.9% cured and it was just felt like a no-brainer for me and I know that this is those of you if you're listening and you've been through something similar maybe your story was different maybe you didn't have um the DCIS and it was something more like my mom's where it actually was an invasive cancer and um, there's all sorts of pieces that go into decisions like the HER2 negative and positive and what you want to look for when you get diagnosed and again mine were all the good things but the one thing the oncologist said to me the day that I went in and talked to him besides kind of going through here's the the one side of the treatment here's the other side of treatment which was a mastectomy and what that would look like and what your chances of coming back the percentages of it coming back on both treatments and he basically said it's up to you to decide if you're the type of person first of all will you always be looking over your shoulder wondering is it going to come back is it going to go to the other breast and spread or had it already spread and if that's you then I say the route that you're leaning towards is probably the way to go and also some women are very very emotionally attached of course of course we are because it is your basically it's your a piece of you it's a piece of your body and not only a piece of you 
but for women, it is a very important and vital sexual organ that, you know, having something like that removed and what that could mean is a huge decision. And so he said, some women are like, you know what? I've had my breasts for 45 years. They've served me well. I'm good. I will not miss them. And I'm totally fine with that. Some women will say, nope, absolutely not. I'm good with taking the hormone pill and having another surgery. It's just totally up to you. And as soon as he said that, I went, yeah, that first one is me. My breasts have done me well for 45 years and I'm okay. I'm okay with making this decision to let them go and move forward. And I mean, of course, it was going to mean a lot of things and a long recovery and more surgery after with reconstruction. And I I totally knew and weighed out all of those things. And I talked to Dalen about this and that was kind of where I wanted to touch on with just that piece of it in a marriage and what that looks like. He was super supportive and he just continually said, this is your body. This is your decision. It really doesn't make any difference to me. I'm going to love you just the same. I'm going to think you're just as beautiful. I'm not going to think anything differently. It's not going to affect me in our relationship. Sexually, I 100% in support of whatever you decide. I feel like this is your body and ultimately because of that, it's your decision. There's really not much I can say to that. And I respected that. And sometimes I really just wanted him to tell me what he thought. Like, I think for me, I wrestled with the decision being crazy because I had so little with it being DCIS and non-invasive and non-aggressive and stage zero. I felt like, am I crazy to have this, take the this extreme measure when the diagnosis was a good one. Once again, I say good, meaning it's probably one of the better scenarios in cancer or breast cancer. He never judged and he never felt like that was anything that was really his decision at the end of the day to make. And he felt like whatever I decided, he was going to support that decision 100%. He did ask the oncologist when we went in there, what would you want your wife to do and the oncologist said well I know my wife and I know that she would do probably exactly what your wife is wanting to do and I would 100% be fine with that and support her and that was kind of a also for him just more confirmation that he also needed to go you know this is your decision so I appreciated that it did we did talk about all of the things that that was going to mean and what that would look like because now I was it was we're going into summer we own a heating and air conditioning company in Arizona so that in and of itself is always a challenge when it comes to making a decision to either do something really big during that time make changes have surgeries do whatever because we're just usually so crazy busy and it's horrible timing for us to do that and I know that sounds crazy because your health does not put itself on hold until you make a decision but I kind of 
did that. I procrastinated quite a bit. I now had decided that I was going to move forward with the double mastectomy and um, I had to now choose. I had already had a surgeon that did the lumpectomies. So I had now had to start picking different consultations that I would have with some surgeons. So I chose four different plastic surgeons and I, I basically kind of had to make a decision as to which one to choose. I did, because I was procrastinating so much about not making the decision, I did finally talk to my plastic, my, not my plastic surgeon, but my, my surgeon and ask her how, what time frame I had, because how this was such a non- aggressive cancer that I felt like, do I just have a year or six months to, to make this decision? Like how urgent is it that I get this surgery scheduled? So I called the surgeon to ask her like, look, I keep putting this off. I I'd like to get through the summer. We have a vacation planned in July. What is kind of the cutoff? And she said, I'd like to see you have it by the end of September, no later than the beginning of October. And I said, perfect. So September 30th, of course, is when I sit, I ended up scheduling it because why not put it off to the very last hour? And um, yeah, so the time just kind of leading up to that, I mean, this we're talking this was like June and I was now in search of a plastic surgeon and having to go do consultations and it was just a lot, right, of course, to process and a lot to think about in those few months and Dalen and I were walking through it and you know men are very for men to process something like this it's very different obviously than how women process it and I mean to be honest people are different you know husbands and wives tend to be just handle things differently it's usually you know a man and a woman difference but sometimes the woman is the one who just processes things very matter-of-factly and very black and white. Like, I made the decision. I'm moving forward. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I know what's happening and I'm good. It's usually not that way with a woman, but it can be. And it's one or the other. And so, I, you know, I am very, I like to talk through everything. I like to talk through all the scenarios and the what-ifs and continue to talk on what it's going to look like and men are not that way. I had now made the decision and yes, Dalen was extremely supportive in that decision and he was just ready. He was totally fine with it, good with it. And there were times when we'd walk through things and I'd be talking that he would probably be like, okay, do we have to talk about this all the time? Because, you know, not in a rude or a mean way, but just like, he's done with it. He's ready. We've made the choice. It's we're moving forward. We've got a scheduled date for the surgery. And now we just, you know, need to find a plastic surgeon. No big deal. But I love to talk about things and talk through them. I love to process things and bounce ideas off of him. And so that was a bit of a a challenge. And I, I did find support in friends and family and close relationships with people that, were able to just come alongside and let me bounce ideas off and kind of give me back and forth and maybe even give Dalen a little bit of that break from the constant reminder that 
I've got cancer and I'm going to be faced with this huge surgery and it means that we're going to, our lives will be essentially somewhat put on hold for a month or so while I'm recovering. And so I did, I, I actually followed some um, pages on Instagram. My daughter, my 19 year old helped me to find some really great groups um, the Breasties was one of them. And it's a really large group of women who've been through mastectomies and um, whether they've chosen to have a mastectomy because they had cancer and whether they had really extreme cancer or a mild cancer or they didn't have cancer at all, but they tested positive for the BRCA gene and their mom had cancer and they just did not want to even think about the fact that they might have it. So they just opted to have that surgery and talking on that for a moment as well that was another thing that um, some people choose to do the BRCA testing which is basically um, I don't know what that stands for I can't remember what BRCA stands for but it is basically comes back and shows you all of the things that you have a tendency of possibly getting so it'll be like positive for certain cancers colon cancer pancreatic cancer breast cancer you know all types of cancers and it just goes through the gamut of testing and then it tells you which ones you might be pre um i guess i have a tendency to end up possibly getting and it doesn't mean you will it just means that you've tested positive now and carry that gene and so it's there's a likelihood that you might end up with that and so once I got diagnosed and then I also found out that my mom had cancer I decided to go through with that testing and I was told you just basically give them a saliva stamp sample and so I went I left work one day thinking it would take me 15 minutes give them a saliva sample and be on my way and this is where I'm talking again on Make sure you have someone with you because I did not. And it was a pretty intense appointment where it was like a counseling session for an hour where she basically before she did the test, she talks to me to make sure that I'm okay doing the test because of all of the things you could find out at the end of this testing and what that would look like and what that would mean. So it's basically like doing a test to find out that you are going to have dementia. And I know they can do that as well, but do you really want to know? Do you want to wonder if it's going, when it's going to happen or if it's going to happen? And for me, it was more, it would solidify me having the mastectomy even more had I tested positive for the bracket testing. But it was also going to give me all sorts of other test results of different kinds of cancers I might be prone to have in the future so they prepare you for that and it was extremely emotional and they talk through the breast cancer it was the first time I had really heard anyone say that you have breast cancer out loud to me which is weird I mean my of course the surgeon said it but the way she was saying it it was like you're 44 you're young and you have breast cancer and it just it was really emotional and I wish that I had had my husband there. I wish that I had thought it, it wasn't that he wouldn't have gone. I just never even thought about it. And so that's why I, I always tell people, even if you think it's no big deal, when you're going through something like this in, in any type of testing or medical or I, I highly suggest being with someone at these appointments just so you're not caught off guard by anything or blindsided and you're all by yourself when you might find out something or it hits you in a very emotional way and you're not really prepared and you're by yourself. 
I did do that. My BRCA testing came back negative, meaning that I did not test positive for that gene um, for breast cancer. And thankfully, I did not test positive for any of the genetics of um, different cancers, which was also good because I really wasn't probably totally ready for that. You know, if I would have heard, I'm sure that the Lord would have given me the strength to to work through that. But all that to say, I was, there were definitely people that I, a support group that helped come alongside. I had amazing friends, amazing family. My sisters were super supportive and asked a lot of questions. And we just, it brought us together with my mom having been diagnosed as well and made them obviously really think and created the urgency of them getting their mammograms when they maybe weren't very diligent about doing that in the past. All of that, I really did, you know, Brenly kind of found some different groups for me to follow on Instagram. And there was a a couple different girls that had had a mastectomy. Um, One of them was because just simply because she had been tested positive for the BRCA gene and she just did not want to face what could happen if she didn't. And um, I just loved the way that she posted and her transparency and it helped me through the process and in the waiting period of the next few months as I was finding plastic surgeons and getting gleaning information from her as to what things to do, how to prepare for the mastectomy, what things to purchase and what to buy and just all the things you don't really think about you never want to think about but one of the things that she this particular person had had done was that she threw a tata party and that was something that she decided to do as a tata to her tatas and I'm like this is amazing I am I am all over this like I'm a total like love parties. I love throwing parties. And what better time to have a party and get all of my close friends together than to do something like this and have them surround me in support and love. And I know I've talked in my previous episodes about how much I love to go shopping for bras and panties. So Let's just say I had quite the collection of bras that I was now going to be getting rid of. And I think we counted like 38 when it was all said and done of bras that I had used as decoration and used for different games that we had played in my party. And, you know, I want to just talk on that as well because I did have this party and it was amazing. And you're in such a different mindset at the time. I can't even think back now to what my mindset was because I'm not in the moment. But when I was in it, it was a kind of a fragile mindset at the time. And everything around me, I was very cautious and careful about who I shared and talked to about this particular instance. I am not a private person, obviously. I'm willing to talk about just about anything with anyone, but not everybody's willing to listen or to hear those things. Not everybody's as comfortable hearing those things. And I know that. And so I knew that there were a lot of people in my life that probably didn't know how to respond or want to know how much I wanted to go into detail or didn't want to ask questions because they weren't sure they wanted to hear the answers. And I was super sensitive to that at the time. And I felt like, okay, now I'm having this party and I was very selective. You wouldn't know it if you see it because the picture shows 
I think 20, more than 20 maybe of my closest friends. So it looks like I invited everyone I know, but it was really just, I felt very selective. I felt like those who had mentioned it to me and told me they were praying and told me they were um, thinking about me and asked me the tough questions and texted me even every now and then to say, how's it going? What have you found? What's going on? Those were the people that I surrounded myself with because I was most comfortable with those people at the time. And it wasn't anything against any of the others in my life. And I don't discount those people because they didn't ask those questions of me. But at the same time, I did not want to be in a room full of people talking about and having the party be surrounded with, you know, all the things boobs, because that's what it was. We had boob cupcakes and bras and boob games. And it was, it was all about that. And for some people, that's not super comfortable. And I knew that and not everybody is me. And I didn't want people to think that's weird. She wants to have a party because she's getting her boobs cut off. That's the weirdest thing ever. And I didn't want the judgment. I didn't care myself that I was, you know, what they thought, but I also didn't, I was trying to be selective about who I brought into that atmosphere. And at the time, COVID was still underway. There was still a lot of questions. People were very scared. There was a lot of people still wearing masks in September of 2020 and really worried. And I didn't want that either. I I wanted to just have a group of my girlfriends that were close to me that weren't worried about those things and that wasn't going to be awkward. It was just, there was so much surrounding it at that time. And I say this all to say, if you're going through something like this, don't worry so much about what others are going to feel and think. Do the things at the time that you know are right for you, what feels right in your gut and what you feel like the Lord's leading you to do in those moments. And then just be confident in that. And so that's what I did. I threw a party. I had my closest girlfriends over. It was amazing. We had so much fun. We laughed. We cried. Um, My mom asked several times what was the party for because she had dementia, bless her heart. We love her and it was so fun. She she also mentioned she had a mastectomy because she was confused. Um, but it was just so fun to, to walk through that with her too. And she was super supportive and it was just an, an amazing time. And so I, I feel like in times like that, when you are unsure of the, it's all the unknowns, right? I didn't know what this was going to look like for me in the long run. And I think just surrounding myself with that support at the moment, was so important to me and it felt so safe and comfortable. And so I just say celebrate even the times that you're in the midst of uncertainty or illness and not sure of what is to come and still find ways that you can rejoice, find joy and celebrate the moments of what you have and the blessings that you have in those times. I know this is longer than my normal um, episodes, but I'm I'm trying to get through all of this because like I said, I, I really hope that this will be one of those things that I can touch those who are either have gone or will go through something like this or are going through it now and hope that they will have these things to pull from it. But um, I... 
I will say as far as the that goes to another thing that I a lot of people the Instagram people and things I had followed was to document write things down take photos Um, I did take pictures of my plastic surgeon and my breast surgeon and the day that I went in for surgery I took photos just to be able to remember and have the details documented of what things what the feelings and the emotions were surrounding those photos in those moments that I was going through and the day of my surgery on September 30th I will say I had the most peace and felt the most sense of calm on that day that I had felt throughout the entire several months of waiting and the process of what I'd been through and I will just say That day for me, I was just the most confident in my decision to do what I was doing. And I know that was totally a God thing and that it was his confirmation to me that I was doing what he had designed for me at the time. And I was feeling very confident in that. And I I didn't really go too much into the the process of finding a plastic surgeon. I did have four different plastic surgeons that I consulted with and till I finally found and chose mine but I'm going to save that story because my plastic surgeon has agreed to come on my podcast and hopefully in the next month or so that will be happening I just spoke to him a few weeks back and so I'm really excited about that he is an amazing man and has a ton of knowledge and um, information to share on my story and walking through that with me and he's just super excited to um, be on here and be able to share that part so I'm going to wait on that whole introduction um, when he actually comes on so when I did go in I went into the surgery um, it was about three hours long the surgeon goes in and basically removes all of the breast tissue and once she's done performing that piece then the plastic surgeon comes in and he goes ahead and puts in um, what they call expanders. In my case, that was what I needed. And I'll talk a little more on that when he's on what that process is for and why I had to do that versus just being able to do implants right away. But he put the expanders in and then stitched me up and closed everything. And then I was done. And like I said, it was about a three hour um, surgery. All went really well. My healing process went amazing and um, I I think my biggest thing with the surgery was the pain medications I, I had said before I really don't like taking meds and um, I took very little of like the oxycodone and the things that I needed to take I did not want to take a ton of it and um, so yeah it kind of wreaked havoc on my stomach and it was not my favorite thing I would not I I did not want to do that. I did not even take much of it. So that was probably one of the the worst parts of the surgery, other than obviously the first week where the pain, the pressure, um, just your back hurts because you're overcompensating so much of your chest is so tight that you're walking hunched over, which creates now not only so much pain in your chest, but pain now in your back and you're everywhere else because you're overcompensating to walk and to be able to stand up straight. And But overall, I would say my healing process went really well and Daylin and I were navigating through that. And I will say, um, talking on the intimacy side of having something like this is 
that we did find out before I even had the surgery that when you have a mastectomy because they remove the breast tissue, there's two different options. Some people have their nipple removed depending on where the cancer is. They can't say save or salvage the nipple because it's too dangerous and so they'll people will just have to get that removed as well in my case i was able to do what they call a nipple sparing so they were able to save that i did not have to have that them removed but they do let you know that you will not have feeling and that is a very weird thing Um, because they're removing all of the nerve endings and all of the breast tissue. So ultimately, you don't have feeling. You don't have a sensitivity. And I have feeling in my breasts. I'm not probably a ton, but I can feel pressure and I can feel certain things. But as far as, um, and this is the thing that my plastic surgeon kind of went over with me, is that this is this is what this is going to look like going forward you will lose the feeling you will not have any kind of arousal feelings in your nipples and your breasts going forward if you do that'd be amazing I mean that's very rare I wouldn't he said I I don't know that that's happened to anyone but uh, awesome if it did but he said 99% of the time you'll you'll lose that so that's something to consider right to walk through as far as now during intimacy there's that one really intimate piece of you know for a woman especially that you are losing I knew that again that's something we talked through and my husband was extremely supportive like we'll find other ways right we'll figure it out not a big deal and it has not been a big deal but I know for some people I have talked to that that would be really hard for them because that's a that is a really sensitive point for them that they would not want to get rid of and so i just say to to you that that would make the decision i understand that much harder to do something like this um but it is something to consider something something that you need to think through because you will lose that even if you have feeling the feeling of that arousal feeling the sensitivity is it's totally different feelings that you have so just know I mean like I said if you're if you're going through that or been through that or that's something that again I was told that um, and the doctor did warn me about that but it's another step and another piece of the puzzle that you've got to work through between you and your spouse and how you're going to navigate through that right? Because that's a whole different thing again. So I would say as far as losing, like I said, losing a piece of you and a a very sexual piece of a woman, you know, that is one of your most intimate parts. And now it's going to be essentially be gone, right? Um, I will never forget my oldest sister. I was so grateful for her sharing this with me. Because she was telling me before I even made the decision to have it, but I knew I was thinking of having a mastectomy. She she said, I I know this is not anything like it, but I want to just tell you that like I had a tooth pulled that was like just hurting really bad, not ready to be pulled, but had to be pulled. And she said, I know that sounds so stupid because it's not anything relatable to what's happening with you. But she said, it was really hard. It was like a piece of me. And I really struggled with it. And so I'm just kind of letting you know. And I was really grateful and appreciated her sharing that with me. And 
it is true. It was emotional because I was losing a part of me. And how would that affect me in so many different areas of my life? So I was grateful for her communication and making that connection with me like, hey, just sharing. I know this sounds totally not like it would even be the same, but in a weird way, yeah, it was the same. You know, it. she was saying, gosh, I can't imagine that was just my tooth. Imagine if it was your situation and she was empathizing and she was relating and giving me both kind of perspectives. I just, I really appreciated that in, in her and in so many other people. Um, and just knowing that even though I was losing that, that Dalen and I would be able to communicate through this and intimacy and share all the things to still make it beautiful, regardless of the insecurities I may now have surrounding the surgery and the scars and the imperfections now from the surgery and the lumpectomies and what that would all look like and just him building my my confidence and building me up in that and supporting me was huge and we did make things beautiful between the two of us to be able to share that connection and that intimacy still in new ways right and making that work and then along those same lines for Dalen and I we really were able to see each other in a different light during my healing process. And I mean, really during the entire process, but I I think it was more me seeing him in a different light because he has, there's always been for me, this question of what would happen if I get old and, you know, how would he respond to me as, you know, an elderly couple? And he is, honestly, he is the most, I mean, he's always been with the kids. He was the one who was, you know, catching the kids throw up in his hands, had no problems with things like that. But we're also a little more private when it comes to things that um, I worried, like, what if I had issues when I got older with, you know, incontinence and was peeing my pants or, you know, how would he handle those things? What would that look like? And would he be okay with it? He's sort of a germaphobe. He's actually really a germaphobe. Um, And so I never, I never really knew. And when we kind of walked through this healing process, when I was sharing earlier that I had taken oxycodone and I'd only taken it for like three of the days um, the first couple of days and it just seriously did not it was not good for me and I I just obviously we know that what happens with um, opioids that oftentimes people cannot go to the bathroom and that's a huge issue for people who've been under anesthesia for long periods of time and then they take this med the, uh, the medications Um, for days and for me especially it just I think it's just my body did not respond well to it on top of the fact that I had just been under anesthesia and so I just was I had had it literally could not I was it was 10 days after my surgery and I was miserable and I'm telling you he stepped up he did not have to do anything thankfully but he was willing he was there and I will not go into detail, but I I do have to say, since I'm being 
totally vulnerable and transparent here. I will just say he definitely stepped up and he was willing to do the hard things that might have to be done if that's what it took. And like I said, thankfully we didn't come to that, but he was, he was there and he, it was not expected from me. I did not expect him to do that. And of course I told him later how grateful I was that he had just really stepped up. I mean, aside from the fact that he was washing my hair and washing my body and doing what needed to be done throughout that whole thing, he was also changing my drains, which is rather disgusting in and of itself, is another thing that I thought he would never want to do, but he had no issues with it. Um, it can be pretty disgusting at times. So I just, I think I saw him in a different light and it gave me a new perspective. It gave me a new appreciation, love for him in a different way because I saw him in a different light. And I think that the Lord uses experiences like this in your life and even things that can feel really upside down and backwards and awful at the time for good and for blessing. And I think this was one of the blessings that I could take away from this experience where I was able to really see my husband for the man that he is and being willing to step up and take on the the hard things not just what other people saw and you know being there but when people didn't see the things that he was able to do and help me with and walk through these things it was huge and it helped both of us to grow it definitely helped me to have a closer relationship and be you know just more connected to him because again I just had such a much greater appreciation for him in those moments and after all of that um, then I in December I of that same year 2020 I had my reconstructive surgery which really there's not a whole lot to say about that because compared to the mastectomy that was a walk in the park and it did not seem like anything really Um, it was very easy Uh, my plastic surgeon was able to do it in his um, surgeon he had a surgery center at his office and so it was something that was able to be done there and it was pretty quick and the healing process was much quicker I opted this time to take Tylenol and um, things that were much less harsh on my stomach and that was just so much better for me and so I am thrilled that I chose to do the double mastectomy and I again I say this all in hopes that either if someone's listening that is going through this or might have to go through this or is faced with the possibility and deciding um, or you know someone that is maybe in this situation and you can even share this podcast with them. I am hopeful that this will touch others and be just a way that helps people to feel like they're not alone in these choices and decisions, that there are many of resources out there and many things that they can go to for 
just more info and how to advocate for yourself. And I really honestly hope that those listening today will, um, like I said, hopefully have a better understanding and also be able to take away some amazing things that they can share with others around them. And don't forget, as a reminder, if you are one of those people that is not consistent and you're at the age where you need to get mammograms regularly, this is my reminder and encouragement to you to do so. It's important. It could save your life or a friend's life if you remind them. Do the buddy check even schedule things together with a friend so that you're on a schedule where you always have a reminder. I hope that each and every one of you have learned something today, have something amazing to take away this week. And remember, you are beautiful.